Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. Today is Thursday, April the 23rd, 2020. It's 11.30 a.m. New York time, and this is a special edition of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy, uh, because I have a special guest uh, who is in Ireland, and her time zone and my time zone don't really work too well for all the times we normally record the show, but I really had to have her on the show, so she has very kindly agreed to join me to talk about something that, quite honestly, I've told you guys about it. I didn't think anybody else was talking about it. I was wrong. There is somebody else talking about it. In fact, she was talking about it before I was talking about it. So <laughs> let me introduce you to Abby Wynn from Ireland. She is a shamanic psychotherapist. I'm going to have to find out more about what that is. An author, energy healer, and teacher. And she wrote an article in early March called COVID-19 Coronavirus, Understanding the Placebo and Nocebo Effect. And when I found that, Abby, I said, Oh my God, somebody else is saying the same thing. How about that? <laughs> Welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming here. Oh, well, thank you, Walt. And when you said your law of attraction, what was really, really funny is right now I'm trying to record my own podcast show. Oh, no and kidding. I say, I'm saying I'm trying to because I haven't found my voice yet. I'm, ah. you know, who do I aim it to? How do I do it now? It's going to be called Healer, Healing for the Healers. Okay. And it's all about how to look after yourself as a healer, what a healer is and all of that. And I was so frustrated recording episode one for the fourth time on Tuesday that I just finished it. And I said, just have me on someone else's show. I just can't do <laughs> <see> this. <laughs> and then within four hours, I get your email. Yeah, the law of attraction is a bunch of nonsense. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> so I just had to say yes. I couldn't say no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's fabulous. I'll, I'll share some uh, tips with you afterward about how to make it a little bit easier because I went through the exact same stuff starting <laughs> oh, in well, September of 2012 when my wife and I started this thing. And uh, yeah, it, the first few times you're, you're just stumbling around just trying to figure out how to make the darn thing work. And it takes a while. But I'll, I'll Well, I wrote a poetry book, a poetry and short stories, and I thought, well, it'd be great to record a short story. And yeah. I actually had to imagine my daughter sitting in the chair opposite me and I was reading it to her and then it worked. So yes, I'm thinking if, if, if I if I imagine someone sitting opposite me that I can be talking to rather than talking to the wall, I think that might help a lot. Uh, well, you just stumbled upon one of the most important tips of all. I do all my shows with either a guest or a co-host. I've tried doing the solo route. It's not fun. It's just, it's you know, tough, yeah. it, it, takes all, it sucks all <laughs> the energy out of you. When you're doing it with somebody else, you're feeding off of each other's energy. And it just picks you right up. And, I mean, early on, I wondered, could I really do an hour each time? Now, it's like, can we get everything done in an hour? <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, you've actually stumbled on a very important component. Make sure you have somebody you're actually talking to. It makes a difference. So anyway, tell me about what uh, what got you started on, on publishing an article. Well, first of all, I have to kind of take a wild stab in the dark and guess that you're a fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza. Am I wrong about that? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. haven't. I think I read one of his early books and I just, I didn't resonate with it. I think we might be coming from, you know, the same oh, okay. source, but, but I do believe that we don't all resonate with the same stuff because sure. we attract different people to us. Right. So I wouldn't be out raving about any body in particular, really. I, I am actually a Hay House author myself. Oh, okay. And I've kind of moved on, which is interesting, which is great. So I, I'm self-publishing books, and I've published with Llewellyn Worldwide as well. 
And I kind of, you know what I am, I'm an advocate for feeling the freedom of being able to say exactly how you feel about something. Yes. And I find that being connected to a particular publisher or, or, or group of people, I've, it's like almost that my wings are kept, kept in behind me and I'm not really. Ah. And so part of the podcasting, part of the finding my voice is also, ooh, I'm free now. I can say whatever I want to, however, you know, however I want. And what do I want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the beginning, isn't it? Trying to decide yeah. not what you don't want. What is it that you actually want? What other that I do want? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but what I do care for deeply are all of the empaths and the healers, um, mm -hmm. people who are struggling right now, people who might need some validation, people who might not have anybody to swing ideas by. I, I believe I'm very blessed in that a couple of my closest friends are also healer shaman. Uh, when I ring up my friend and say, I just, you know, I can't get out of bed and I think so, I feel so heavy and I'm just, and she's like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, oh, thank God, it's not just me. <laughs> uh, you know, or or I can say, I think somebody slimed me. Can you get the slime off? And, right. and then she does it for me and I do it for her. And, and it's like a couple of chimpanzees sitting on a tree picking <laughs> lice off of each other that you just can't see the lice and you might not even know that they're there. So, but we don't all have people like that, you know, sure. so to teach people that this stuff is real, energy work is real, and that a lot of the issues that most people are feeling right now around the, the virus, the coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, is uh, fear, heaviness that's been generated by emotional release by the collective. And for me, it's really important to speak about it because once you can see what it is, then you can disconnect from it. Yes, that's true. Very so, good, yeah. yeah, so that's why I wrote the article, because um, all of the fear as people were just coming to terms with it, processing it, understanding, well, what the heck is going on here? Making more fear, bringing up the stress levels is going to be that nocebo effect. And not enough people really understand the nocebo effect. It's really important. Yeah, I mean, most people, I think, probably have heard of placebo, usually in the context of something that... Uh... Uh, double-blind studies tried to eliminate but beyond that they probably don't know much about it and nocebo it's like huh what's that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's important to be talking about both of them i think especially i really believe that placebo could be playing a major role in overcoming this whole thing and i, I it, it's hard sometimes because i keep hoping i'm going to hear some in the in the mainstream medical establishment referred to it in a positive way saying you know we, we did a little trial or something I, I mean they did have a news item within the last few days about a new york hospital that was using vitamin c against all established wisdom they were going to use some vitamin c to, to help uh, treat the thing and I thought, oh my goodness a breakthrough who knew you know? <laughs> Oh, what about the guy that, that was buying the chemicals for cleaning a fish tank because he heard somewhere that that was going to oh, do it? Yeah. You know, the, there's the placebo effect where it's relatively um, a benign substance like vitamin C, or there's a placebo effect when you're taking a toxic chemical. It doesn't matter how much you believe it's going to work. If it's toxin, then it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. Yeah, you that, that is true. Yeah. And unfortunately, that also tends to come up in these situations. You You actually wrote some very strong stuff, very 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 strong stuff particularly in your third and fourth paragraphs and if you don't mind i'll, I'll read them here on the oh, show go ahead i can't remember what I wrote <laughs> Please do. it was a while ago you wrote the, the nocebo effect is why so many chinese people 
have been attacked because, well, they're from China, which is where the COVID-19 virus started. The nocebo effect is why Corona beer has already lost, at that point, more than 240 million euro in sales. The nocebo effect is possibly more powerful than the flu virus in that it compromises your immune system before you've even had a chance to catch the actual virus. I'm not kidding about this. The nocebo effect can kill you, like the man who was in remission and doing very well until he was told his experimental cancer treatment was unsuccessful. He then suddenly became very ill with cancer and died. Or the man who took 26 sugar pills thinking that he was overdosing and experienced immediate symptoms. That, that's pretty strong stuff that you wrote in there. I mean, this is not like dancing around it. This is like going right to the core of it. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're saying you're an acquired taste. Is that what it is? <laughs> Very much so. Right? You, have, you have to be courageous and brave if you want to come to me for a one-to-one session because ah, I go straight okay. to the root of it. And I don't bullshit. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people find that very refreshing, actually. But you have to be able to own your stuff when I'm pointing it out to you. And that can be hard. So, But, yeah, I mean, I didn't put in there about the tribal days of old where the chief would say, point to the tribe member and say, you are dead to us. You broke the rules, whatever mm-hmm. the guy did, and go off and live outside away from the camp. And right. In doing so, that was a nocebo effect because they all believed the guy would die. The guy himself believed he would die. He would be excommunicated from the tribe and then he would die. And, you know, the belief, the power of belief is huge. You know, you can either believe you're going to get better or believe that you're not. And um, even, even, you know, in my family recently, my stepmother, you know, went to have a procedure done. And I said to her, your mental state before you go into hospital and have a procedure is vital to your recovery. If you believe that you will recover quickly and that you channel all of your resources into that belief, then you have a higher likelihood of recovering quickly than if you decide that you're not. And it's hopeless and I'm going to die. And that's why I dislike with a passion when people hand over their power to a doctor who diagnoses you and gives you you know, six months to live for, because then you're creating that. That's the nocebo effect. And, you know, with the placebo effect, it's sugar pills. And they say, well, sugar pills are like sweets, like candy. It's not a big thing. It's really silly. And you make light of the placebo effect without actually acknowledging how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. It's also like psychosomatic illness, which I discovered you know, oh, yeah, she's just kidding. She's only making herself sick. She's just making it up. It's actually incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And I looked at myself at one point in my life. I was hunched over. I was like an old woman. And I was I had been so angry with things that were happening in my life. It was turning me into this decrepit, old before my time, full of chronic pain. And I realized I'm making myself sick with this. I have to let go of the anger. And then I stood up and I felt better. And so we do these things to ourselves. We are so powerful. And when we take that power and turn it against ourselves, you know, it's, it's, it can, it can kill you. So yeah, I'm passionate about this. (laughs) I'll tell you, interesting. You should bring this up uh, because I earlier this week told a story to our listeners along the exact same lines of what happened to me over the weekend. Um, at one point on Saturday, I got up and took a shower as normal. And while I was in the shower, I started gaming out in my mind of, of this scenario. I, I was I was imagining these these two people, young people, newly uh, met, newly in love, but they were 
not people who had strong boundaries or anything like that. So they had confidence issues and so forth. And I was kind of playing out my mind, what's their conversation like? And as I was doing it, I found within like a 15 minute period, I went from feeling really great to almost being ready to throw up, literally physically sick to my stomach. I got out of the shower. I was hunched over. I had wiped all the energy out of myself. And mm -hmm. I literally thought, oh my God, if I got COVID-19. And I said, oh no, wait a minute. I've been focusing for the last 15 minutes on this really nasty scenario. And look what I've done to myself. I've, I've got myself sick in 15 minutes flat. Yeah. And so with some help from my wife, I turned it around, got myself dried off, got into a more meditative pose. And about 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, I was feeling great again. But within a really short period of time, I got myself to the point where I was physically ill. I couldn't believe how powerful that was. Yeah, but you see, then you can look at the energetics behind that. And I would ask you, who are those people? Why were they in your energy field? Are they real people? Did you create them? Were they you in a past life? How come it affected you so greatly? Where's your weakness around that? What is it that allowed you to leak out your power into, okay, let's say it's a make-believe scenario. Maybe it isn't one. Maybe it's a real scenario. And only in your realization that this was happening were you able to pull yourself out of it. People don't always have that realization, and it's right. not as obvious yeah. to them that as it was to you, because it's obvious to you, because you didn't know these people, you were just going through something in your mind. But what if they were your family? What if they were your friends? What if it was someone you knew, and then you didn't realize that sure. it was actually draining your energy as well? So. Well, I had a lot of material to draw on because I had a good 20 year period from my early 20s to when I finally met my wife and married in my early 40s of absolute dry death when it came to relationships. I mean, one failure after another. So I had a lot of material to draw on. <laughs> <laughs> so you were dredging through your own. Ultimately, I think I was. Your own I just, patterns I mean, and you're bringing up this, this yeah. solidified heavy energy and looking at it and no wonder you got sick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really think of it that way, but I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah. But then this is really good to talk about this because when you can look at that and you can say, okay, this is mine and this isn't mine. And I want to transform this. It's not the nocebo effect. It's not you making yourself sick. It's the difference between a light clean of your house and a deep clean. And you it go into the deep clean. Yeah. yeah. And you can go into the deep cleaning and say, okay, this heavy energy is stagnant in my energy field, is stagnant in my system, and I don't need it anymore. I'm going to transform. I'm going to lift it out. In order to do the deep clean, you have to lift up the carpet. You might have to go under the floorboards. You have to mm -hmm. really get on your hands and knees and get yourself to the point where you might want to vomit. But then afterwards, you've cleaned a deeper layer that you wouldn't have done before, and you feel the benefits for that afterwards. So, mm -hmm. yep. so maybe yeah. this fear in the collective is triggering everybody's deeper layers of encrusted, oh. lower, and they're all faced with their own separate, you know, it's, it's, I joined a haiku group. I was invited to join a group on Facebook, a high, not, you know, every day they have a different theme for haiku. It's wonderful. And I wrote one, which was, ba which again, it was like you, it was like somebody else, not me. Right. I'm looking, I'm looking at my life and, you know, because I'm stuck in the house, I can't remember exactly what the haiku was, but I'm stuck in the house and, and, and I'm realizing I don't love the person I'm with, I don't like my life, I can't do anything about it now, what am I gonna do? And, and, mm -hmm. and on the verge of a breakdown, and that's fears that are coming up too. Sure. You know, because people can be oblivious to the choices that they're making, and yeah. you know, or they can be 
not making the effort with the boyfriend or the girlfriend or the husband or the wife. And because you only see them for a few hours at nighttime, you're fear away working all day. And here, how you go and have your dinner? I'll tolerate you for a couple hours, and I'm going to go to bed, go to sleep, or wake up and do it all again. And mm-hmm. here you are stuck in the house with them now. I believe that China now has the highest divorce rate ever in the history of China since the really? uh, lockdown is over. They've all been running out to the solicitors looking for divorces. Interesting. So. Wow. Yeah, sad but interesting. Yeah. So yeah. this is really pushing us to look at ourselves, to look at our lives, to look at the choices we're making, to realize that cleaners and food preparation and doctors and nurses, above all doctors and nurses, are frontline. Mm-hmm are more important than luxury diamond items in the, in the stores and all the fancy restaurants, you know, and it's like, okay, let's turn everything on its head and appreciate what's really important. And it's really good that this has happened in a way for that as well. But, you know, will we just go back to the way we were in a couple of weeks after all of this is over? I don't know. I hope not. I don't think so. Actually, this, this is having a very profound effect in levels that I think most people don't even realize. But like you pointed out just now, not only have there been you know, some pretty substantial negatives, there have also been positive. P- people are finding that they're reconnecting to stuff they haven't connected to in a long time. Like you said, they, they're, they're appreciating you know, the essential workers, the people who are delivering the stuff to us and getting stuff done that basically get unnoticed most, most of the time. Well, now they're being appreciated. You know, yeah. does that go away? I don't think so. I think every, especially on the positive side, on the stuff that feels good, every energetic thing, every thought, every belief that we put out there resonates and just keeps flowing around and keeps building and building and building. Because ultimately, that's how that that concept of the uh, the planet wide energy level increases. Um, so I don't think it's going to go away. I think some people will forget about it, but it mm. still will be affecting them on what's often called the subconscious level. I think they'll still feel it. They'll be they'll have a different awareness. Um, and I think there's going to be some other stuff that come out of this that I can't even tell you what it is. I'm sure. You can't <laughs> but it's, I, I just think there's going to be some really, really positive benefits that come out of this that we can't even foresee yet. Yeah. Because that's what tends to happen when people struggle with stuff. Struggle leads often to some amazing springboards. It does. It does. When you're pushed to the wall and you have to do it, as they say, needs must. Yeah. But you know what's really interesting too, which might not have made the news over there in the States, is that Ireland, we, we haven't had a government throughout all of this. That's true. We had, we had a general election right before any of this happened. And the general election was there's these two rival parties that say they're, they're not quite Democrats and Republicans, but the two rival parties of Ireland had didn't get enough votes to make a majority government. Nobody did. And right. so we've had a caretaker government the whole time and now yeah. the two rivals have actually come together and made a document proposing that they will go into government together interesting could you imagine you so this is a historic six time months ago i would said no i couldn't imagine now <laughs> <laughs> and it's like grow the f up lads and get your act together and get into government because we need to sort the country out it's much more important than you guys arguing with each other you know <laughs> so it's it's fabulous. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> it's really interesting how this stuff happens. I, I have uh, my background. I was a um, in school. I, I had a degree in government and political science, so I have a tendency to follow everything political that goes on. Okay. Um, and in fact, it's been one of the things that I've been trying to 
um, wean myself away from because it's, it could be very, very unhealthy to look at all that stuff on a regular basis. But there's a piece of me that's just always curious, and I just have to kind of look at this stuff. So that's why I'm one of the few people who was actually aware of what was going on with your government there. But I didn't know oh, about this good. latest development. That's a really interesting one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's really interesting, too, is that the Green Party, if the Green Party comes together with the two parties, you've got Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, Fianna Gael they have enough for government. Mm-hmm. But the Green the Green Party are like, it's in and bits in and I don't think I like this and I don't think I like that. So we're all kind of get together and say, look, lads, you know, we've been voting for you for years. Now's your chance. Get your act together and get in there and do something. Right, <laughs> so sure. Very interesting, the interesting times. So tell me more about your practice and, and the things that you do. I mean, first of all, I did make reference to, to it earlier. I have not heard the two words shamanic and psychotherapist in the same phrase before. So tie that together for me. Yeah, um, I kind of, it's an alchemy where I went through a process. I've I've, got all the things, you know, you do all your courses, you do all your training, but I believe there are two types of people who go through the training. Um, There's a type of person that goes through the training is very cerebral, very intellectual, going through the notes, going, doing it all that way or there's the, the person who goes through and has an epiphany and has a realization and has an awakening and realizes it's all inside of them and that the courses were just something to set them off and, and, and grow them into who they are and that was me realizing that when you have a person in front of you and they're going through emotional trauma or they're going through some kind of a crisis you can't say oh, hang on a minute I'm going to go look at a book and I'll figure out what we need to do. I was never doing the healing arts in order to have somebody open up to me in the last 10 minutes of the session and leave them bleeding open for a whole week. And then I come back and say, I know how to fix you. Hmm. No, no, you don't fix anyone anyway That besides that. But right. I had that happen to me. I was left bleeding out for weeks by wow. therapists who didn't know what the heck they were doing. So... When I realized, you know, we can work with your brain or we can work with your emotions, we can do the energy work or we can do this. And I laid it all out like a market stall. What do you want? And the client Mm -hmm. would never know what they wanted. And I realized, well, of course they wouldn't know what they wanted. And I don't want to say, well, you're coming to me this week for psychotherapy, but the shamanic healing would be really useful. So we'll have to make another appointment for that because I can't do that now. (laughs) Yes, I hear you. (laughs) No, well, I don't like that either. So I'm a kind of a maverick. I was told I was a maverick. I said, well, F this. And if someone is here and I know what what needs to be done, let's just do it. And so that's why I put them all together. I said, well, look, they're coming to see me. They're not coming for psychotherapy. They're coming for healing and they're coming to me for healing. And so it kind of shifted into a fabric that I was able to work from and it just came very naturally to me and what happened next was all the books because I learned things I see patterns in in my clients I've been doing this for 10 years now Mm -hmm. so the very first book that came through I'll never forget it it was quite early on and it was called how to be well Ah, I like the title how to be well and if I was to do a paraphrase it's how to manage your day-to-day life how to reorganize your emotions how to be the master of your choices in the moment Mm -hmm. so that it's about reorganizing your energy field so that you are more in balance grounding yourself and being able to see what's coming at you and respond instead of react 
And it was funny because that wasn't what I intended. But I, I remember I block booked myself two weeks where I was just talking into a microphone. And what I ended up with was I was laughing at one point with let's say my guides or my angels to say you knew I was going to do this so I wrote this incredible book and then I went right what am I going to do with this so I brought it to an Irish publisher and they said we love your book but we can't do anything with it it wouldn't be a co-creation so that was the book that I eventually ended up publishing with Hay House and they didn't change much of it at all okay the word count had to come down but I had an amazing editor who was one of their best editors talk about law of attraction and she Mm. was able to amalgamate some of the work from the later end into the beginning so that it kind of came together more and it could kind of tighten it up and make it more concise. Okay, good. That's what so a good for me, does. So that's, that's a framework for managing your life based on the shamanic psychotherapeutic techniques with step-by-step exercises for anyone who can say, okay, I've got boundary issues. You know, I, I, I need relationship issues. I feel disempowered with authority. Um, my anger overtakes me all of this and and it's actually done in such a way that you come into like the middle part of the book and it's healing your inner wounds and I knew I was only touching in on that Mm -hmm. so the next book I wrote was called heal your inner wounds Ah. and that's part two and that came out a year ago this month actually and in that one I look at healing the inner child inner teenager which is very rare nobody seems to do that one because teenagers they're very difficult to work with but you know this is me here I'm not afraid so we did that you know and then I've got inner inner um 20 year old where you're dealing with your first bereavement or a violation of your boundaries and then I'm looking at masculine feminine and it was originally going to be shadow and light but I changed it to darkness and light because for me shadow is something you don't know about whereas you know your darkness and you can call it shadow but you're kidding yourself (laughs) you know the darker aspects of me and you you know to be able to embrace those makes you a whole person and um so yes i feel like that's my legacy now and that's why i started writing a fiction novel (laughs) so that's what I'm working on or have tried to be working on for the past few months because with the pandemic like the energy is like soup and it's just very difficult for me to sit still right now and I think for me to make myself sick would be to push myself to do something I'm not able to do and Mm. so it's great to be able to just pull back and say no I just sometimes just doing the minimum is all you can do and I'm finding that showing up writing the articles like the the nocebo placebo asking my people what do you want from me uh, has been really helpful for me because I feel useful and for them because they feel supported and I got a couple of emails this week from people that said that they would have gone out of their minds if they didn't have my meditations or the things that I have to offer Fabulous. yeah so I feel I feel like you know I, I, I'm, I'm fulfilling my my mandate <laughs> to God well that's so. rewarding though I mean when, when you know that you're reaching people like that that's that's the most rewarding thing oh all. it really is I mean somebody today has multiple sclerosis stuck in the house is emotional eating I, I was getting it's interesting what are you afraid of the most with the pandemic was a question that was coming up on my Facebook feed talk about law of attraction mm-hmm. and what seemed to be the answer and I didn't even ask it people were asking it was well I'm stuck at home I'm going to eat too much and get fat ah. that's what I'm afraid of the most so I'm going to help people with that next week for 21 okay. days to do 21 days of you know going to God for solace going to energy healing for solace and that food is just food 
you know, instead of going to the food yeah. for solace, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how you mentioned um, kind of giving yourself a break because I've been finding that's really important for what I've been doing during during my my non podcast hours during the day. <laughs> I spend a large portion of the day working on a programming project that my listeners have been hearing about ad nauseum for the last six months as I learn a brand new uh, programming platform I've never used before. So it's it's been a challenge. And as the pandemic came along, I mean, I was really going through a period in November through February where literally everything I tried with it didn't work. And I can't begin to tell you how frustrating that is. Oh, <laughs> I, I get it. I get months. it. <laughs> and then along comes the pandemic starting in March. And that was sucking even more. And I was realizing I can't do what I used to do. I used to sit down and just you know work, 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 and just keep focus, 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 and so forth. I can't do that because I just deplete myself too quickly. So literally, yeah. I've been learning to work in like 15-minute segments. And then give myself a, a break of some kind, you know, get up and walk around, do the dishes, anything, just something to break it up. Maybe have a conversation with my wife about something that she's been doing and then go back and just keep going back and forth, back and forth. And it, it's a bit of a challenge because I'm so used to getting more done. And now I can't get as much done because I'm just not allocating as much time. And yet on the plus side, I'm actually getting more done because I'm more. I know it's I amazing. The word, the word that came to mind for me over the last few weeks has been tinkering. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Like, like Tinkerbell tinkering, you just go in and you tinker with it and you come out, right? You go in and you tinker with it and come out. And it's like, rather than sit down and immerse yourself and get totally absorbed. My parents, I've got a mother, I've got a, a father and a stepmother and I have an auntie all over 70. Uh -huh. So I have to make sure they've got the food and that they're looked after and you know, and I'm feeling bad because I'm able to do things and they're not. And so I just went food shopping for them one day and got all the nice things, the fancy chips and the chocolate and everything. And I delivered it to their houses and said hello to them all. And I was flattened for the rest of the day. And mm. literally the actual job of going shopping, getting what they wanted, getting what I wanted to give to them. It only took like two hours to do that, but I lost the whole day. And I'm saying I lost it because I felt like I lost it. Sure. Because I couldn't do anything else. So the amount of energy that we are spending to do the smallest things is massive because it's like we're climbing uphill, only the hill is, is, is like 180 degrees or something. It's just, and so, yeah, we can't force ourselves. But yet, like you say, when you sit down to do something, I came up with a 21-day boot camp idea, did the website, did everything, and then came out and said, wow, and then that was me gone for the day. As you go and you sit down because you're already in alignment with what you're doing figuring out a problem maybe it happens in the background in the back of your mind and then you sit down and you just do what you've been thinking about that's precisely so. it because the 15 minutes is after i've been spending a half an hour just kind of playing in my mind with okay so if i do this 15 minute activity what am i going to get is it going to produce what i'm looking for and so it, it's mm. all about you know for me it's it's just kind of like mapping all that stuff out then do it for 15 minutes then like you were talking about you're kind of spent take a break re-energize and then get back your on uh, on prep on on your mind with okay how did i do did it actually get where i wanted to go did it produce a different result from what i was hoping for you know all the the, the analysis stuff which is a, a different thing for me and i say it's different because if you had talked to me about this two years ago you would have found that I have a tendency to overanalyze things. So I needed to take more direct, you know, just jump right in and stop planning stuff out. Now I find myself uh, kind of going back to the planning thing, 
but not from the perspective of analyzing it to death, rather from the perspective of understanding what it was I just did. So I'm, I'm applying yeah. it differently. And when I apply it differently, the energy of it is different. The energy is, is more productive and less debilitating in terms of wearing me out. Plus also doing a podcast every day to build my energy up also helps a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> then I'm, I'm thinking of, of, in terms of nocebo and placebo, you know, as a psychotherapist, there's a branch of psychotherapy called positive psychology. Positive Absolutely. Psychotherapy. Yeah. And I don't like that at all because you're ignoring or negating what's real, mm -hmm. you know? So for me, you get a lot of energy back by saying this is real and it's horrible and I don't like it, but it's, it's real. Right. And I see it and it's there. And I think, in, you know, when you, when you form an attitude about something and that attitude becomes fixed, that's when the problem happens. Mm -hmm. So if you had decided there's no way I'm going to get anything done, I might as well not even bother. Right. Whereas instead what you're doing is saying, I'm not going to get as much done as I would like. So let's open the space and I'll see how much I can get done yes. if I do it in little bites instead Precise. of doing the whole thing. Uh, I think that's really a good way for people to be functioning right now. It's a way of, of kind of getting out of the rut because that's yeah, what we're getting or, Yeah. Or even just saying, okay, well, I can't do it today. And that's Sometimes. it. I just can't. Yeah. Which, which for me, I mean, 20 years ago, forget it. There was no way I was going to take the time <laughs> off. Now it's almost become a regular occurrence every week. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, this, this, this is where we are. We're also, we're going through this transformation where we're realizing that, you know, that we are energetic psychic beings, mm -hmm. that we actually are. And um, how do we function in the world? Like creating that thing that we want say in the energetic space and then seeing it coming into form instead of starting with the material object is, is a really interesting time to, to play with that. So what you're doing is you're saying, okay, well, what do I want to see in form and creating it energetically through your thought process, through right. your intention and your will. And then you sit down and you create and it happens quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and then great. you also get the benefit of, instant gratification, which is something that is a really big thing these days. We all want that instant gratification. Well, if you break it up into little chunks like that, you get it. You actually get that gratification. you're wanting less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty wild. Um, go back to the uh, placebo nocebo question for a bit, because that's still, to me, the, the really interesting one that brought us together here. I want to throw something by you and, and see if you're uh, in agreement or, or what the variations you can give me on, on the theme I have in mind. So often here in the States, and I, I imagine it's probably true in Ireland and the UK and other places around the world, when you go into a hospital or a clinic or a doctor's office or something like that, um, there is all the literature, there are the conversations you have with the various staff about whatever reason you're there to see them. There's usually a television that's you know, sh showing this information, all this medical information and so forth. And it occurs to me every time, I don't go into offices very often. In fact, up until about two years ago, I hadn't gone into one in about 15 years. So it had been a while. Um, then my wife had uh, some stuff that uh, came up and so we had to do it quite a bit. But um, I kept noticing just how much is focused on what we'll generically call the nocebo side. 
And very little was focused on the placebo side, the heal yourself side. In fact, I would say probably pretty close to none was on that side. And it occurs mm. to me, I mean, when you go in to see a specialist or a doctor or anybody, you go through a series of people. You, you see the first person who's usually some sort of a, a intake coordinator that are taking the information. And they ask you, so, okay, what are you dealing with? Okay, tell me the details. Here's what happened. And then you go to the next person and the next person's asking you the same questions all over again. And then you go to the doctor and the doctor is asking you the same questions all over again. Or if you go into the hospital, you see a series of people and they all ask you the same questions all over again because they're trying to find out, well, is there something that they left out of the first time they told the story that might help us figure this stuff out? And I'm thinking to myself, what if, what if each one of those people in that series of conversations included stuff that said, well, first thing we want you to understand is you are your own healer. Your mind is the most powerful healer that you have. So while we're going to do things to help you get to a better place, we want you to get into a place of understanding you are the person who's going to play the biggest role in your own healing. And, and then just repeat that message through each one of those, those mm. uh, sessions. And I just have this gut feeling that just that little change would probably produce some major results in terms of healing rates, um, how few people are in a hospital at any given time, how long or how short bed stays are. I mean, the whole thing, I think the whole thing would produce some amazing results, but nobody's ever actually tried doing it. That's really interesting. Um, I have a very dear friend who has MS, multiple sclerosis, mm -hmm. and she's at a stage where she forgets things. And so she asked me, would I go with her to one of her checkups in the hospital just in case she was going to forget things? And she had written down all the questions. Right. And uh, so I went with her and luckily we weren't waiting very long. And the woman that saw her was a, was not the main surgeon, but it was like the, the next in command. And the positivity from her was just so refreshing. Oh, nice. And saying to my friend, you're not going to end up in a wheelchair. And if you start thinking that you're going to end up in a wheelchair. It's not going to help you get better. So stop thinking about it. You have a stick. You have a walker if you're tired. You don't need to get your apartment re reorganized, get the builders in and make it wheelchair friendly because it's never going to happen. And I thought that was really refreshing. But I thought, wow. okay, so what are the insurance implications of her saying that as far as the hospital is concerned? Good question. You're never, yeah. ever going to end up in a wheelchair from this. You know, how does she know that? Yeah. So I think that hospitals are based on a culture where, first of all, the funding comes from big pharma. So God forbid you should be your own healer and you decide that you plan food mm -hmm. and, and, and food is your medicine and that you're not going to go with the major, you know, drugs that are funding it. And then God forbid the doctor says something and you come back and sue them. So, I mean, and it goes right back to, let's say, the medical students who are starting out who end up with, uh, psychosomatic illness and they get sick every single thing that they're reading about is yes. uh, shown in their body they they know they know how powerful the mind is but they you know they don't want the the, the patients to be taking their own healing in their own hands they need they need the level of control so the system needs to change i mean mm. it's the nurses that do so much work and the nurses don't get the credit for that so i mean you, in in what you're saying is absolutely correct but i don't think that could ever happen with the way things are at the moment you know when you're i'm sitting here with you know with the podcast right healing for the healers and whenever i say healer whenever somebody thinks of a healer they never think of a doctor as a healer 
do you? Well, Would you imagine a doctor as a, as a healer? I mean, we used to, but not the way the system is right now. If you happen to get a doctor who also happens to have healing in them, that's wonderful. Mm. You know, nurses, nurses are great healers. And I would work with many, many nurses who have Reiki qualifications. Mm -hmm. But there was a situation that I'm aware of that one of my Reiki teachers many, many years ago did 16 to 18 hours of Reiki with her client because he was told he had cancer of the bladder. They're going to take out his bladder. They're going to take a piece of his skin from his backside or something and make, make a bladder and then put it in uh, because his, he was, however, when they opened him up on the table and she was actually present in the operating room, there was no cancer in his bladder at all. Wow. And the attitude they have was, wasn't, well, let's accept things as they are in this moment, which is the way healers work. It was, oh, well, we better rip this out anyway, because this mm. is what we're here to do and we have to do it. And so they whipped it out, made the, 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 the bladder, the, the, the replacement. And then he healed faster than anybody ever healed before from that particular type of operation because he continued to have the Reiki and they were in denial the whole time of the healing power of that. So it's only when they can acknowledge the power of, of healing like that and work together in tandem with food, with attitude, with emotions. And I think some, some general practitioners are able to do that. Yes. You know, able, able to, because they see the benefit. One well, like, I don't want to give you medicine unless we feel that you really need it. Rather than saying, well, take the painkillers, take the this, take the that, take the antibiotics. And knowing that each time we take medication, it changes something about us that the next time we need it, if we really need it, it's not as effective. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, one of the things that might come out of this uh, coronavirus thing is the fact that they've had to cancel all of these planned surgeries that had nothing to do with the virus. Right. That people who were sick and needing stuff maybe they're getting on okay without the stuff they thought they needed. You know, the surgeon. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if not short term, I think this is going to take quite some time to kind of unravel, but in the long term, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up leading to some general questioning about some of the societal beliefs we have about the medical establishment. I wonder if people will start questioning it a little bit more, start wondering Absolutely. about possibilities that are different from what was actually the the norm, the one that uh, was being pushed as the official line. I, I, I kind of suspect it's going to shake things up a bit where that's concerned. I know. I know. And, and, and you know, because you, you see all these medical dramas, you see, you know, what came into mind was Dr. Strange and his God complex and how he believed he had the power to do all of these things, you know, and then, but you take that away from them. They don't like that. So <laughs> we, we have the power over ourselves. If yeah. we decide we're going to live, chances are we're going to live. If we decide we're not going to live, which is the nocebo effect, then the chances are we won't. So it's, it, you know, having the conversation, bringing that awareness into, you know, the mainstream is so important because I don't even believe that it's a mainstream belief right yet. Not yet. No, no, it's, we've got a ways to go. And yet every indicator I'm seeing, um, many of my co-hosts, some of them are energy healers. They're seeing the same thing. There's an overall positive trend going on and that positive trend, we can't say exactly how it's going to play out, but it, it almost gets to the point in my own mind where I say it's, got to in some way address these these standardized 
foundational beliefs that have been governing the whole thing for, for quite some time. And now all of a sudden we're starting to see there are cracks in them. The cracks are yeah. kind of opening up and, and you, and when the cracks start to open up, something's got to shift. That's just the energy goes where energy needs to go. It, it you just, know what this brings to mind Walt? when the whole thing kicked off here in Ireland, they were very much around what are the symptoms of Corona of the virus of COVID-19 and you get the, the cough and you get the temperature and you get the this and, and, and then you have it. I'm just thinking that all these hundreds of thousands of people hearing these symptoms suddenly felt that they had it and they're all queuing up yes. for, for testing and the testing wasn't available. Right. Um, so when they say the statistics, which I can't help it, it reminds me of the Hunger Games. I don't know if you ever saw the Hunger Games, but at the I end of a, I've, at I've the end of the day, the parallels are there. <laughs> in the Hunger Games, at the end of the, the the day, they would have the statistics of who's dead. Mm -hmm. And who, who, you know, and then we, so at the end of the day, we have the statistics of who's dead. And right. that to me just remind me of like the Hunger Games that you'd see how many people have the virus, but they didn't say how many people were tested. And so it, this, these figures are starting to come out now that we had, let's say there was 10,000 people were tested for the virus because they believed that they had it. 1,000 people actually have it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and things are beginning to settle down now because people are realizing, okay, well, I know what the symptoms are. I don't have it. I might have a cough, but I don't have the virus. I might have a temperature, but I don't have the virus. And then they're starting to manage and self-regulate so that when it's on the news or it's on the radio or it's on the poster on the side of the road that says, these are the symptoms, they go, yeah, yeah, I know what they are. And you're not feeding into them and needing to know and connecting in and becoming those things. I say, yeah, okay, I know what that is. And as we calm down, okay, yes, complacency is kicking in, which is not a good thing necessarily. But it also means that we're detaching from the urgency, which right. gives us a bit of space to breathe. And it gives us back our sense of, well, who are we in this? And what do we want out of it? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely true. Sure. Yeah. It, so it, it's, it, it is. It's interesting, you know, and my, my kids, I've got two little girls. I've got, well, they're not so little now, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old. I also have two teenagers, 17 and 19. But the little ones were saying, Mama, this is history, isn't it? This is like how the weird history. I said, yeah, and they're going to remember this. So they're, they're actually, they're doing okay. But try to tell a 10-year-old when all the figures come up of all the people who are dying and the people who have died and the people who are sick and not to get them scared. And I say to, to people that the children will pick it up from you, your parents, the children mm. pick it up from the adults. And so it's really important to, you know, not carry that fear in you. But it's important anyway, because it's the fear that shoots your immune system and, and makes you compromise. It's true. Well, um, one of my own skills is mathematics. I was always good at math and I keep waiting for somebody either in the medical community or the news media or the politicians or, or any of the influencers, somebody at some point is going to point out that the official projections that you hear, and of course they're bouncing all over the place with what these numbers are, but the official projections, if you take them against the population as a whole, tell us that according to their projections, about 1% of the population are going to get the disease and about one-tenth of 1% 1 are going to die from the disease, according to their projections. And no one's presenting it that way yet. 
But I just know somebody's going to notice that at some point. And I'm just, I, I'm kind of wondering, is it going to happen in the next month, the next six months, the next year, the next two years? Somebody's going to notice and they're going to say, well, geez, that means most of us are going to come through this okay, according to their projections. Well, I think the scariest thing really about the COVID-19 is what they're not telling us, the stuff that we know they know that they're not telling us. Mm -hmm. and. We have to just manage around that. Like, like I, I don't believe it's anything like the flu. And when the whole thing came up, it's like the flu, it's like the flu. And then you get finally get the figures for the first month in America, say the whole, the number of people that died in America in one month equals the number of people that die from the flu in America in a year. Mm -hmm. So we know it's not the flu. Whatever this is, we're building a resistance. We're, we're learning what it is. So I don't think they can truly give proper figures until maybe a year after. Oh, I agree with you. Happened. Yeah. And yeah. Um, to, to actually step back and say, okay, how many people were written down as having the virus when they didn't actually have it? Oh, is yeah. skewing the numbers out. How many people, and I kept saying to my husband at the beginning of this, how many people die every day anyway? We just right. don't get those figures. We don't get those figures. So you're having horrendous numbers, say, from Italy, which broke our hearts. 800 people died today in Italy. 900. So I just said to my husband, how many people would die in Italy anyway? Right. Because it breaks your heart. It does. But when you look at the population of, of Italy, and then they were taking great relish in saying, the number of people that died in America today is greater than any country in the world. And I'm saying, America is as big as a continent. <laughs> it's not just one state. Of America is like a country. There's mm. how many states? You know, you can't compare the deaths in Italy to the deaths in America because it just doesn't doesn't you can't fathom that. So, and then if it turns out that the UK figures they never released how many people died in nursing homes until recently. Yeah. yeah. So, that wasn't the thing that came all over the, the place. I, I think it came from the UK that um, one of the major British publications had discovered that deaths were being recorded as COVID, regardless of whether they had been tested to find out whether they had COVID. They just said, well, it's it's COVID because everybody's dealing with COVID, so we'll just mark it as a COVID death. Yeah. But I also believe in the States, you get more money if you have a COVID death. So people are saying, oh, I think I have COVID. Great. We'll put them down as having COVID, but they won't even test them. I wouldn't rule that one. <laughs> <laughs> so... All you can do, and you know, even if we didn't have a pandemic, there's always something going on in the world that will fill you with fear and fill you with dread and make you decide, well, life's not worth living. I might as well forget about it and make you depressed. And we're going back into the nocebo effect is to say, okay, well, if we didn't have internet and didn't have news, where's your community? And um, what are you doing in the community? How are you connecting to your community? So for me, it's like my family and looking after the cocoon people. I know right now community is difficult because we're supposed to be doing social distancing. But look, you and I connected. Absolutely. And, we've, yeah. and, and we don't know each other. We know each other now. You know, there's right, opportunities right. here for Zoom chats and meetings. And my friend calls it the Brady Bunch because you have all the different. Yeah. And people are working from home where the employer said you will never be able to work from home and now they can't take it back. And so you're giving right. people freedom to say, well, actually, I did. You remember I was working from home for the last two months? Well, I want to continue three days a week. So it's going to change certain things. Say, okay, well, how, you know, my circle 
am I doing as much as I'm able to be doing? Yes. Am I resting? Yes. Am I doing this? Yes. Well, then I can't do anymore. I'm going to switch off the news and I'm going to just breathe. I'm going to color. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to listen to some nice music. I'm going to catch the National Theatre on YouTube, whatever their offering is this week. And look at how the interest of the arts has come through. Oh, hugely. Oh, and, 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 you know, yeah. it's just wonderful. So it's great say, to okay. watch people really and in many cases they're doing it without recognizing what they're doing. They don't necessarily have the background or experience that you and I have with energy, law of attraction, all that kind of thing to understand the importance of focusing on what feels good, but they're still finding stuff that feels good. They're, yeah. you know, they're, they're doing things like you said, they're, they're Skyping, they're zooming, they're doing all these interconnections. What's up and what's happening They're They're finding videos and, and images and memes to share with each other that feel good. Oh, isn't that cute? There's the, there's the kitten playing with the crow and all this other stuff. They're finding stuff to feel good and about. And TikTok. Have you seen TikTok? Oh, yeah. That you know, I just think that's usually. so fun. And when the young people are self-isolating with the old people, like their dad or their granny, and they get the granny to do the dance, it's right. just wonderful. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> you know, it's fantastic. Yep. The dress-up parties and, and the uh, the disco parties online and, and and, uh, and we're oh, having a thing tomorrow. We're having a, a, a in Ireland where you wear your, your your wedding dress or your prom dress or, uh -huh. or your, your best clothes, and then you donate some money to the the doctors and nurses to help. Oh, okay. But you can put yourself on the internet then and use the hashtag and fields community. Or we had our St. Patrick's Day parade. Mm -hmm. All the children drew Happy St. Patrick's Day, put it in the windows, and then people going for walks would take oh, pictures okay. of it. You know, in, in, in my community, we had a teddy bear hunt instead of an Easter egg hunt where a child oh. would put a teddy bear somewhere in a window somewhere in their house, and you had to stand in front of the house and see can you find a teddy bear. <laughs> you know, it's like it's getting people. We had They had an Easter bonnet um, competition on the street. Everyone stood out in, in, in the driveway wearing a homemade Easter bonnet and I think in Australia they have this thing where you have to dress up to put your garbage out and everybody's filming it you know and it's like people are inventive people are wonderful we're gonna of course we're gonna survive this I think Mother Earth is getting a great rest you know the skies are clearing over LA oh my oh, god yeah it's you can huge. finally see the snow on the Himalayas where before it was too much pollution, you never could. I don't know about dolphins swimming up the, in Venice. I don't know if that's actually a real thing, but, you know. Well, I can so, tell you that it is true that in Boulder, Colorado, mountain lions were coming out of the hills, walking down the streets, wondering where all the people were. Yeah. <laughs> And we've had footage of, of sheep coming into towns in, in Wales and baby ducks walking across the road in Dublin. And, you know, it's, yes. and it shows how humanity, you know, the best part of being human, which we never really see in real life. We usually see it on science fiction shows like Babylon mm. 5 or, 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 you know, where, where they're going to survive Battlestar Galactic is what I'm thinking of you know humanity oh, right, and the courage right. and you know unsurmountable and we will prevail and we'll do do the right thing and it's reminding us that it doesn't matter if you're black if you're if you're Chinese if you, you know it doesn't mean that we are all susceptible to this horrific you know virus that can wipe out it doesn't matter it doesn't care who you are it'll get in there and it'll kill you if it's going to kill you and we're all protecting each other and it's beautiful so. and we're also learning just how powerful we are we do have the ability to pick ourselves up we do have the, the ability to help pick other people up we do have the ability to make life better no matter what's going on our response is really what drives the whole thing if we choose to respond fearfully 
we found out we get a ton of fear. If yeah. we choose to respond gratefully, we end up with more things to be grateful for. If we and, choose to respond um, with joy, we end up with more joy. I mean, we are in control. It's funny because in Ireland, they showed how many people are watching the news over the period of time of the pandemic and how there's been a drop off. Oh, has there? I hadn't seen that. There's been a drop off of people watching and tuning in because it's the same fear and fear and fear. So they've actually changed a little bit and now they're focusing on kind of nicer things. Good for them. Kind of dipping in a little bit more. So, yeah, we will be changed because of this. And, you know, it's it's you, you go through a healing process. There's always the shock at the yes. beginning that, you know, of the thing that needs to be healed. Then there's the getting coming to terms with the acceptance stage where you could be struggling with that for a while They say, okay, right. And then you have the choice. Do I want to heal this or not? And I think mm -hmm. we're all helping each other decide. Yes, we do. And then we have the managing part and then we have the overcoming part. And it's interesting because this cycle is happening all over the world, all the different times, people who are at the acceptance part are helping through the people who are at the shocked part and people who are, who are, you know, at the faith part or pulling through the people who are having the acceptance part. And, and that's how it works. And that's why we're all connected. And that's, you know, it's, you know, we'll come back this time next year. It'd be very interesting to see where we all are then. I really believe we're going to be in a much better place. And I think it's largely for the reason that you just described. You really beautifully laid out how when people decide to kind of take it on themselves, I'm going to do what it takes for me to get myself and others through this, they're basically leaving behind the old paradigm that you kind of alluded to before of I that the doctor is going to be the source of all of my hope. The doctor is yeah. is going to be my savior and turning it into I and my friends and my family and my community, we're going to save ourselves. That's a, an entirely different mindset and it's a much healthier <laughs> mindset. And I think if, as that starts to take hold, we're all going to feel a lot more empowered in our own lives and in our community as a whole. Well, that's a vision that I will definitely like to hold for us as um, we evolve and, and become more psychic, more powerful, more sovereign to who we are rather than pledging allegiance to something outside of ourselves to be able to have that internal strength. You see the doctors as people who are in a system that exactly. wasn't working and yeah that they're susceptible to this too. You know, nurses and doctors have been dying from this as well. And I loved it how some of them over in the UK, they printed out pictures of their faces and stuck them on their hazmat suits so that the patients would recognize them because they're covered in masks to make the right. human aspect of them come through. And um, yeah, we're all just people in the end. We all want the same thing. We all need the same things. And we can see each other better now. It's great. It's good. I, I really think that I, I, would, I would kind of summarize it as we are, as a global population, moving more away from what I would call a victimhood mentality toward an empowered mentality. And Yeah, I'll drink that, to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I can't see how that produces anything but good results. I'm sure there's going to be some negative fallout of some kind that comes out of it because that always happens. But overall, the overall trend in my view, is extremely positive. So yeah. like, like you say, we don't really know what it's going to be like a year from now, but I think it's going to be good. <laughs> I think it's going to be really good. Well, maybe maybe we should check back then. I mean, again, it, it's tough. People who have not been aware of the choices that they've been making in their lives, such as who am I with and where do I live and what am mm -hmm. I doing? 
that they're faced with that now. But you know what? I don't know you, but I have a sense that you and I would have done that a long time ago to get where we are now. Mm -hmm. We all go through that. And so their evolutionary personal growth developments being accelerated in that they are faced with it. And, and, And again, it's the healing process where you say, okay, what needs to be healed must be revealed. That's very true. So this is a special edition of LOA Today. We'll be doing the regular podcast at Thursday, uh, our Thursday podcast later on today at 4 p.m. New York time. So tune in for that with uh, me and Alex and Dan. Um, also want to remind you, if you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, to become a subscriber. Most people know how to do it, do that these days. But if you're not sure, we've set it up on the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net, and it will actually detect what kind of device you have and tell you how to become a subscriber. Also check us out on YouTube because we live stream now to YouTube and you can subscribe there as well. And Abby, tell people how they can find out more about you and your books because you, you're, you're quite the published author and, and you have this 10 year <laughs> practice and so forth. There's probably out there somebody saying, I got to contact this Abby person. She sounds like somebody I need to know. You can Google me, Abby Wynn, W-Y-N-N-E, or my website is abby-wynne.com. And I've just launched my um, abbeysonlineacademy.com, which is an easy one to find, where I offer all my healing programs online. And I do a healing group healing session every month. And okay. it's only 12 euros. So what is that? What? for a full hour healing and and you get a replay and join a community of light and Facebook. So yeah, just come come over and say hi. (laughs) Yeah. Before I I leave you, tell us a little bit more about the Academy. What what was the inspiration behind that and what are you doing with it? Well, I I actually am a course designer. in, In a previous life, before I set up my healing practice, I was an instructional designer and I would write courseware and software. And so What I've done is I've taken my books and I've made them self-paced courses. I've got a five-day, five days to raise your vibration course, which is self-paced. You can come on anytime and just take it and and start five days. Um, It's great to be autonomous, have my own website that I can spontaneously decide to do a heal emotional eating during lockdown 21 day. Right. <laughs> Which I, I came up with yesterday. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, and there's a lot of replays there that still are charged with healing energy that people can listen to. And I do also pre-recorded healing sessions because I feel that, you know, it's, it's one thing coming and seeing me face to face, which sure. is what I have to offer. It's an, another thing saying, okay, I'm going to do this in my own time. And you sit and you listen to an audio and you go, yeah, yeah, I kind of get that. I'm going to listen to that again and go deeper and listen to it again and go deeper again. I have people who get these, these um, audio files and listen to them four or five, six, seven times. Mm-hmm. And each time it strips away a layer and strips away a layer and strips right. away a layer. And it's, and, and, but you also listen to the concepts and the context and the way I present things. And it changes how you think yourself and how you organize your energy so that you become more aware of that and become more empowered in yourself because I want to teach people you know I don't want people depending on me to do it for them what's the point of that you know teach people and then they they teach other people and it ripples through that way and it's it's very empowering for me to empower other people that's really great fabulous I'm glad you set that up that's really good so thanks for talking (laughs) and thanks for coming out to talk about your article and and share stuff and give me a chance to get to know you and give our listeners a chance to get to know you. It's been great. Really, really It's good. been great. Uh, thank you for appreciating the time zone and, and having me on as a special. Oh, rap, sure. you know, 
had to be home at night time because right. you know being out is is tough enough at the moment but hopefully come may they're going to relax some of these restrictions and we'll mm -hmm. see how we can start to put the economy back together i have a good feeling now i think it's it's just on hold it's like someone press pause Right. And they'll just come back and press play again, and we'll all just get back up and running again. There, there'll be some fallout, I'm sure, but I agree with you. Overall, it's going to be fairly out quick. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. So, Abby, thank you so much. It was great uh, getting to know you. Um, we'll have to stay in touch, and uh, let me know when the the book is out, and, and we'll have you back. You can talk about the book too, and uh, we'll just thank keep you. this uh, correspondence going. So, thank you Excellent. very much. Excellent. Thanks, Walt. Thanks for having me. And thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.